0: Have you been listening to the show and wondering how you could become a sponsor? Are you an artist, an entrepreneur, a self-published author? Maybe you have your own small business. To find out more, you can go to www.bookinterrupted.com sponsorship. We'd love to hear from you. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Probably I've been ignoring her since I was a
1: teenager. <laughs> They're so cute. They're like, what's that gel in my pants? She's
0: like, then I'll get boobs too, right? I was like, yeah. I think you have rabies. <laughs> Cheaper
1: than one month's worth of pads, right? If We actually don't need to get raped by women around our menstrual supplies. The economy be damned. I'm lazy. Right? Like- <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I keep getting fatter and fatter, like yeah. hard to eat because I'm <laughs> like, you know, things that you could say while rubbing your breast, and then I was so disappointed. A drop of menstrual blood gets
2: anywhere <laughs> with knives,
1: like
2: inside of your body trying to get out. That's what it feels like. Every person
1: with a period got unleashed.
3: My body- body inspiration
1: on book interrupted
2: This book cycle is proudly supported by My Balanced Life helping you find inner balance through individual corporate and community wellness programs. My Balanced Life offers wellness sessions across many disciplines, including Chinese medicine, which was discussed in this month's book, Seeing Red. Fully licensed and registered practitioners are available for one-on-one in-person treatments and virtual coaching sessions. As a valued Book Interrupted listener, you can book a free 15-minute consultation at www.mybalancedlife.ca bookinterrupted. That's www.mybalancedlife.ca slash bookinterrupted to learn more and book your free consultation. You can find the link in the show notes below.
0: Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycles from March 28th to May 2nd. It's Lindsay's book pick and we're reading the book Seeing Red by Kirsten Karchmer. Seeing Red breaks down the lies women have been made to believe about their periods and how to achieve a healthy cycle. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. I'd like to
2: introduce Kirsten Karchmer, the author of Seeing Red, which we've been talking about for the last uh, Um, few weeks. Um, We all have the book. We had a huge discussion about it last week in which there was lots of tears and uh, lots of emotion. Um, it was great. Um, but now we are here with you and we have tons of questions. So we're hoping that we can just jump into the questions and just go from there. Uh, like I told you, if you feel like going on a tangent somewhere, go for it. If somebody else goes and we start talking about dogs or whatever, it doesn't matter. We talk about everything on here first. I mean, the first thing I think we're going to jump right into is, um, is menopause and perimenopause. We're all in the kind of age, we're all between what? Leah's the youngest, or so what? You're 38 30, and yeah. 38 and 43, 42. Sorry, Sarah. oh 43. No, Katie's 40, 43. You're right. age, okay, 43. Sarah. So we're all between that age, and uh, a few of us are going through perimenopause right now. A few of us aren't, and so I think we're just going to start talking about that. I know you had a little section about that, but it really has to do with our periods, um, and so Sarah is going to start us off with the first question. So Sarah. Yes.
0: So <clears throat> here's what I was wondering. Um, your book was extremely helpful. And I did identify with one of the one of the people's symptoms. So what I was wondering is, how do you know if your because currently my period is awful, like I mean shot with a tranquilizer. And I thought I was just going through perimenopause, maybe, and it was lasting two days to four days, like two, two days super heavy and then whatever. And then, so my question is, how do you know if it's um, there's an underlying uh, health issue that your, your body is telling you through your period that something's happening, that you have a health issue, or if it's you're just starting perimenopause and that's what's happening?
1: Yeah. Like how can you tell the difference? It's a great thing. I think that we have to start by talking about that conventionally in Western medicine, we are only looking for disease states right? Something that we can put into a box and say, this is a disease. Mm -hmm. And through the lens of Chinese medicine, we're looking for like, where is it not ideal or perfect? And I hate that kind of for like women and people with periods, because we're already like expected to be perfect in one way or the other, but it's not that way. It's like, if we look at, we know what's ideal and any deviation from that doesn't necessarily mean there's a pathology going on, but rather an opportunity, right? So it's a piece of feedback that our bodies are like, like not making the transition into perimenopause as easily as it could. And so whatever symptoms you're having from before you start your period until you finish menopause, if you can just relate with all of them is just signals that your period is like your check engine light. And so whatever, you can just tell me your symptoms and I can kind of like tie it together for you if that would be helpful with. Whether it's short cycles or long cycles or PMS, or I, I can explain what's going on and then make some, some concrete like recommendations about specifically like what you can do to sort of get the system re-regulated.
0: Oh, for me? Oh, so. <clears throat> what Sarah, you're so, so lucky. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you don't want to
1: go, Sarah, I'll go.
3: we were all like, but well, we all want to ask for personal self <laughs> Well,
1: Here's the thing. That's what you should do because that's where real learning can happen. Like when I wrote this book, my publisher was like, tell them how to fix it. And I was like, the thing is, is that there isn't, there isn't a one fix. There's not a perimenopause fix because every woman is going to go through perimenopause different. There's not a PCOS fix because every, some women get obese when they have PCOS. Some get very skinny when they get PCOS. Like, so it's through the personalization of looking at every single way, every single symptom and how they present that actually you get better understanding of like how you can apply it all this together. Yeah, so I'm happy to just right. go one by one and answer your okay. personal. Do it, Sarah, do oh, it. Sarah, okay, <laughs> so
0: my periods, all of a sudden I didn't get my, I was like 10 days late on my period and I used to always get it every 26 days, like clockwork. Okay. Yep. And then it didn't, I, I think it was like, could I be pregnant? Obviously it wasn't, it was 10 days late. And then now it comes every 23 days and it has mm. for now for four or five months. And it is, um it's la- super, super heavy for two days. And then and then it just, I have two more days of just like not really heavy, but like brownie discharge and stuff like that. Yep. Um, I get crazy migraines now. I had, I, I'm prone to migraines, but a lot of them now. Um, chest pains. And when I'm getting, when I get my period, it's, it's like I've been shot with a tranquilizer gun. I mean, this last period was, uh, wasn't as tired, but I did cut down my caffeine, like your book said, because I thought I might be that girl that like, you think you're healthy, but yeah, <laughs> you've I'm had too much caffeine. Her, too. Um, so and another th- reason I thought that I might not be perimonopause is because I'm actually the thinnest I've been since I was like in my early mm-hmm. 20s and super fit. Like I'm not I'm, I'm thinner than I've, I've been. How um, long have you been in Um, It'd be three years now.
1: Did any of that, like, I would expect that your diet is probably a lot better in Senegal, like more fresh food and less we have fish almost. Yeah. We
0: have a lot of fish, um, and rice and, um,
1: yeah, a lot of fresh foods.
0: Yeah, and you're I'm 42.
1: Not, did you say, or 43, 42. Okay. So, and are you, by any chance are you taking your temperatures? Like your, your weight. Uh, no, Okay. No. Um, so what happens in perimenopause, I like to call, I spend a lot of time on TikTok with like 13 year old girls. That's like my sweet spot right now. <laughs> and they're going through puberty. Perimenopause is like reverse puberty, right? So your hormones are slowly, but sure, just like theirs are starting to ramp up. They're so cute. They're like, what's that gel in my pants? Do I have cancer? I'm like, oh baby, that's discharged. Like they just <laughs> have nobody. <telling laughs> me that. But that's a tangent. We'll get down another time maybe, but, um, So as your hormones are slowly ramping down, a couple of things start to happen that you want to mitigate for. Your estrogen actually starts to decline, which will cause your cycle to start to shorten and cervical discharge to start to get more and more scanty. The the reason I asked about the temperatures because the temperatures on the follicular phase, which is the first 14 days, will start to go up too. So if you can get those temperatures to come down, actually cervical discharge starts to come back and you start to elongate the cycle, which then you'll have less symptoms, but we have to understand why. Also digestion starts getting less like the ability to take food, break it down and turn it into energy and make, turn that into blood it gets just, it gets tired and we're tired because at this age, we're doing a crap ton, right? We're, we're mothering, we're in business, we're taking care of our families. We're doing everything. We're tired, right? So the yes. need, the, the signals of perimenopause, the first thing is like all, every single person who starts to have perimenopausal symptoms needs more rest. They need less exercise less intense exercise and more rest. And, um, and it's like, we need permission to, like I always would tell my patients, like, I want you to sleep as much as humanly possible for the next two months. Like you're tired at two o'clock, get in bed and go to sleep. You want to sleep till 10 o'clock? Sleep, sleep as much as your schedule and your life will permit. You want to sleep because we just get constitutional debilitation. So the other thing is maybe eating a kanji for breakfast. Could make a big difference since you're having so much fatigue around your period i'll send you guys out a recipe when the ability to take food and break it down and turn it into energy starts to get compromised you want to eat more simply if you eat like a big steak salad that has a lot of nutrition with like spinach and all kinds of vegetable raw vegetables that has a ton of nutrition in it but if your if your digestion isn't really firing up powerfully it's a lot of work to extract the nutrients out of that Panji is where you take a cup of organic brown rice and eight cups of water, some cinnamon sticks, some fresh ginger, all stuff I know you have in Senegal. And then you're gonna cook it for 10 hours, either on the stove, um, super, super low or in a crock pot or Instapot, but you want it on low heat, slow and low. So for a long time, then in the morning, it'll be ready, it'll make a whole pot, take out the ginger, take out the cinnamon sticks and then puree it. If you have a hand blender, mastication, like chewing is the first piece of digestion. So often we don't chew enough. So chew more when you're eating, but for the congee, you're making this meal. That's like high fiber, high nutrients, really easy to get access to it. So it's like cooked to death Mm -hmm. and you eat it like porridge, like a rice porridge. So you want to add a tablespoon of whatever kind of fat you want. Um, So organic butter, coconut oil, any kind of like healthy oil that you want to add to it, that's really important. And then you can either go sweet or savory. So you could add um, like a tablespoon of honey to it or real maple syrup, or if you want to go savory, you could even make it with bone broth instead of water or some part Mm -hmm. bone broth. And then put sesame oil on it and um, sesame seeds and some chives. Um, um, You could even put like one thigh in there, but you want to puree the whole thing again. So it's like, it'll be like, like cream of wheat wheat texture and then just serve it with the oil on it and then eat that every single day for about two months for breakfast. And you'll be hungry. You'll start to notice, well, I'm more hungry. So about two hours after that, I would start drinking um, a cup of bone broth, like two times a day. So one in the morning, like just as soon as you get hungry after the kanji, drink a cup of bone broth. It's got 10 grams of protein in it, tons of collagen. It's like liquid blood practically. And so so, yummy. And beef, like large animal because like a bone broth is usually made from the femur. And they bisect the femur to get the marrow. And so if you're using a chicken, it's femur is like this big, right? And a cow femur is this big. So there's a lot more marrow, which makes it a lot more collagenous. And because like what's happening is, is like your digestion is slowing down. Your estrogen is declining. Your temperatures are rising. It's drying up the cervical discharge. It's shortening the cycle. That heat also comes from not enough blood. Because when you can't make energy, you also can't extract the nutrients to make blood, which is why you're having like these two crazy days and then nothing instead of four solid days. So the bone broth twice a day all month for like the next two months will make a big difference spirulina would be really valuable for you i would use the tablets only like 500 milligrams and you can try to go up to six tablets a day like two breakfast two lunch two dinner start with like one at breakfast one at lunch and then see what happens it's really cold anti-inflammatory it clears heat so it'll get rid of all that heat in the front end and help to make better cervical discharge and it makes blood really well too every couple of days add one more add one more, see how much you can tolerate with, without having any negative side effects from it. And if you start having loose stools, just back it down until you don't have it. It's not gonna like break you in any way. You can use Chinese herbs. Like you can't get brazen in Canada or Senegal, but I could probably like come up with a similar formula that you could probably buy at a Chinese market in Canada if you want.
0: Okay, well, great. So
1: just, just ping me back uh, an email and then I'll respond to each of you if you need like something special, like a formula.
0: Okay, great. Thank you, you, the you. That's Really Thank nice. You. you just made Kara's day. So She's oh gonna yeah, cry. good. Was that, that helpful?
1: Was, very helpful. Oh, yeah. Very, very helpful. Thank you very much. And you'll see, like what I tell each of you, that they're they're like variations of theme, right? Like it's really like playing around with like what are the there's only so many pieces, and you kind of play with those pieces. Um, Leah, do you want to go next?
2: Because you're also in the perimenopause, menopause question Mm -hmm. about hormone replacement.
4: Yeah. So my question um, is about hormone replacement therapy. About three years ago, so around 35, I went through um, a real rough patch, like emotional rough patch, um, but also really linked into my hormones. Like I was wild. My testosterone was... Like I I was having a rage pretty bad. Um, And I finally got into a hormone specialist and he said I fit the bill for, um, I was just perimenopausal. And uh, he started me on um, estrogen and now progesterone as well. And I wondered what you think about that. Obviously, I know that you go a different route than kind of the Westernized way, but I just wanted your thoughts about
1: it. So I think that like, I think that, all of Western medicine has a place. For me, the place is slightly different because it's like, okay, if you're having too much like overproduction of testosterone, the first place that I would want to look is sugar metabolism, Mm -hmm. because most commonly when you have blood sugar instability, you overproduce, you know, like high blood sugar, then you'll have overproduced insulin, which triggers the overproduction of testosterone. So instead of using supplemental hormones, I'd be more inclined to like, can we peel back the layers of the onion and find out like, I would be more interested in thinking about like, how, like, what's the whole picture? Just like what we talked yeah. about. What's the whole picture that the side effect is that you're full of rage. And to me, it sounds more like PMDD as opposed to yeah. just like perimenopause. I didn't right? even know about and, PMDD um, and Chinese before are- this.
2: You're touching upon PMDD was a game changer for Leah.
1: I think that so many, I mean, I just like, I talked to a woman last week and she was like, um, I, I read your book and I just realized I have PMDD. I think I've had it for 20 years.
4: That's exactly what like, happened whatever. to me. She's like, yeah. I just
1: came in. She's like, I, I was talking to my son and he said, mom, he's 10 years old. He's like, mom, I think I know what's wrong with you. And she goes, what, what do you mean? And he's like, I think you have rabies. <laughs> <laughs> and she oh, no. was like, What? Because she didn't know it was in the context of her hormonal behavior. And she's like, like, we were learning about it in school and all the things like erratic behavior, rage, like being really mean, but then being really nice, like shortly after that, and like all this, whatever. And she cried and she's like, oh, baby, I have this other problem called PMDD. And, you know, I, I mean, probably, where do you live? I'm in Canada. So, Like, let me, um, I'll I'll send you a formula that's like, kind of like the brazen formula. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as good, but, um, we could try that. I wouldn't personally for PMDD, I would not use hormone replacement. Okay. Because the reality is, is like, for some people, like people who have a predisposition to neurologic disease, Um, there's like pretty close correlations of like low estrogen and that. So those people, I would be more inclined, but I would use hormone replacement after we had exhausted everything else.
4: Yeah. I kind of feel that way because now that I'm on, um, both estrogen cream and an oral progesterone, I feel the same way I felt while pregnant, which is like my stable, mellow, more uh, like all the like sweet womanliness about me that I, I was a very happy pregnant person. And I think I run a little testosterone heavy in life. So yeah, it just, I'd never heard about it. And I read this book and I did a lot of crying during this book. Cause I was just hmm. like, well, it was just such a hard time. And it was just like, so, so I just like, thank you. And I'll probably have some additional questions. I'll email you, but this Definitely. is great. And I'm going to look, down that route a lot more. Cause there's a lot of bad side effects to
1: being on these hormones too. Well, it's expensive and yeah. um, and not without consequence. And and when it's kind of like, it's like chemotherapy like when you need it, you're really glad that it exists. Yeah. Right.
0: Same but, type option. right.
1: And it's like, like I always say with my MS it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I learned everything I know because of my MS. And so if you can look at all of these struggles that you're having is like, well, this is an opportunity of forcing function to really make me look really carefully at at exactly how I'm caring for my body and and verifying, is it true or false that my body likes this?
4: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Perfect.
1: Um, Kim, Uh do you want to go next? Because you
2: also have a question about um, menopause, perimenopause.
3: Sure. So um, just a quick little history. I waitressed so that I could have my exercise. And um, when Corona happened, I stopped waitressing. So I also basically stopped exercising. And in concert with that, I started drinking like Bailey's in my coffee every morning and having <laughs> having wine every night. And so I did that for like a solid couple of months, like through the, the shutdown. And then, um, as we're kind of getting back into, you know, the world reopening or whatever I have, I got a job where I sit at a desk most of the time. So my energy level for sure changed, like my output or whatever. And I, I had built it into my working. So I have to replace that. I'm aware. However, also at the same time, like the result has been like this layer of belly fat. And I just, and I feel like I, for a moment, I was like the incredible growing woman. Like I I felt like I couldn't control it. I was like, what's going on here? And just this giant. And so I was like, is it because I stopped exercising? Is it because I started eating all this sugar? Like I ate really poorly for that time. Or is this also, you know, potentially, because I know that there's a, a weight gain associated with at least menopause, I think. And so I'd like to know what you know about that and how I could begin to chip away at it. Like my periods are usually 28 days and that's fine. And I think I ovulate in the middle and they're four days and I do go, I would call them heavier. I would experience, I usually take Advil the entire time, like, like every four hours because the pain, like the crampy backache, the whole situation like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've also focused on cutting back caffeine because I was also like drinking an absurd amount of caffeine. So I might be a different person than the person I'm kind of asking about. But in that
1: framework, I'd like to know some best practices to move forward. How how young are you? I'm 43. All right. So y'all are all close in age, all you perimenopause people. So definitely as soon as you turn 40, just losing weight becomes a whole new thing. Just it's really fucking so shitty. I mean, it makes me so like, (laughs) so demoralizing and so yeah part of it is is like perimenopause part of it like i we cannot underestimate how stressful the last year has been how incredibly like you know your job was being a waitress and then essentially i'm guessing that job just went away right because the restaurants were all closed and we were in lockdown often we think about like Stress is like this side thing, but stress is often like this st- stress and mindset are often like the most important things to work on. Like when we did the pilot for conceivable, we were working with infertile women. We increased the likelihood of conception by almost 270% in women who were 35 to 41. And our investors were like, well, how did you do it? Like, what was the thing that knocked them up? Right? They want to like isolate it and like, you know, replicate it. And even after all the interventions that we customized, like with such precision for everybody. Customized menu planning for each phase of the menstrual cycle, customized Chinese herbs, customized exercise, customized libido. Everything was almost equal in its impact in changing the cycle in order to change the fertility, except one, which was the mindfulness and mindset work. And that outperformed everything else by 5%. So the first step is to really, like, really do a self assessment about you know, how stressed do you feel? How satisfied do you feel with your life? The process of what we talked about before around turning food into energy is actually the process of being satiated, right? It's like, can you get satisfied from the food that you eat? And so when people start gaining a lot of weight, if you look at what's happening in their lives, often they're very dissatisfied with how things are going. Obviously we're dissatisfied because we've been in a fucking pandemic and that's been, you know, so crazy. But the first step is to think about like, okay, where am I satisfied? Where am I not satisfied? What are the ant steps that I can start to take in the areas that I'm dissatisfied? So even around the weight thing, I'm working on the same thing right now, weight. And so it's like, instead of trying to build a whole new program for yourself, like, is there an ant step that could be a 10 minute walk around the block, no matter what, every single day? Like something so easy that like, you can't not not do it. Do you know so what I, I have, mean? Yeah, I
3: have made those changes as well. And also, I mean, the shutdown for me, I was like, yay, an excuse to not go anywhere. Like I was kind of relieved. <laughs> I, I liked it, right? And I know that I, I feel bad saying that because for a lot of people, there was a lot of negative whatever, but I was like- yeah. I'm okay if we shut down again. Like, (laughs) economy be damned. I'm lazy. Yes. No. um, No, I am. Yeah, for sure. Doing that for sure. Like, I take my dog for a walk every single day now. And I was finishing my degree, right? Because also, if I can, I can kind of see a point between. I'm pretty good at the mindfulness and self-assessment and making sure and whatever, but I was also finishing my degree, which is something I can't decide not to do. And I was hating every second of it. And so now that I'm done, I also feel like, Oh, I'm not as bad as I thought. Like it's, I feel like there is some movement in the direction of like, at least reversing the
1: incredible growing woman. Like doing all of that. And then also making sure that you actually practice feeling satisfied. So like where the mind goes, the body follows and where the body follows, the mind will go. And so really being very attentive to like, I used to always say, like, even when you take a great poop, being like, dang, that was really satisfying. Like anytime (laughs) that you eat and it's really good, you know, like even before you get full being like, this is, you even say like, this is so satisfying. You're actually signaling to your body to you're satiated and it can actually really help you to eat less. Because if you start really focusing on like, you eat a little bit and you're like, oh my God, this is so satisfying. This is so satisfying. And then you're working what, you know, whatever you're doing and you're like, oh, my work is so satisfying. You keep reinforcing how satisfied you You actually will be much, much less hungry, which allows you to make better food choices. Like the, just like, you know, never go to the grocery store when you're starving because your hormones <laughs> seem pretty good, right? Your cycle is regular. You're bleeding except for the pain. I wish... If like, I want to send some brazen and stuff to you guys, because there's one formula that's really good for sort of like the PMS stuff that we can approximate in Canada, but the cramp formula, if you're in that much pain, they're just, we, that's a custom formula. So I don't know how to approximate that to get the result, to get you out of pain, but like in two or three months, you won't have pain anymore, like almost no pain. So we should look at that. I'm just thinking of the other pieces. The other thing is like, certainly in menopause, like women do much better with like lower carbs, not no carbs. Um, I think the intermittent fasting looks really good on paper for women in menopause, but actually in, in reality, it doesn't like, for some people, it really triggers their menopausal symptoms and know that if you lose a lot of weight, like hormones are stored in fat, so if you lose thirty pounds, you actually lose a lot of your hormone base. And so for me, I have gained like fifteen pounds since the pandemic. Just the same exact thing. Like I like British style tea with milk and honey. I've been having like thirty cups of tea a day and like yeah. glasses of wine every night with my boyfriend. Like I don't know why I keep getting fatter and fatter. Like yeah. hard to because I'm don't. like you know I don't eat anything. It's just like all the wine and tea and honey. So really looking at like how can you add more healthy fat. You still have to calorie restrict. Like that's just not a thing that you can just, you know, add more fat. But you will be more satisfied if you can have a more fat and veg not vegetarian, but more fat and vegetable-based with like 20% animal products, all organic. Because remember that hormones are short in fat, like we just said. And so it's like if you're having butter, dairy, bacon, anything that's really fatty that's not organic, it has a crap ton of hormones in it, which then are you're, you know, absorbing, and then your liver having to process those, which will make all of that so much worse. And and Leah, especially for you, you know, I was just going back to thinking about like with the whole PMDD symptoms. Like if you add additional hormones, like what we know is that with PMDD or when it even looks like PMDD, we're compromised in the ability to use and eliminate hormones when that happens. So we develop this sensitivity to it. But then you add more hormones more synthetic estrogen and progesterone on top of that. And now you're furthering the load on the liver.
4: Okay. Yeah. I just like, I, I wanna, I'm just gonna deep dive into PMDD.
1: My mother's been saying it for three, four
4: years. She's said it since probably I've been ignoring her since I was a teenager. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. you can no. attest to that. That's
0: so, just uh, the way it is when you're a mom, I guess.
1: We can get you the brazen formula. Like the first month you'll be better. Not a hundred percent, but you're like, oh man, mm. that was a lot better. Okay, I'll see if I can sort that out. With
2: uh, I was looking into Shop USA, and then I just didn't. I haven't finished that, but maybe I can I, sort it out and get a bunch for yeah, everybody, and then awesome, I can Lindsay. send it to everybody else. So I definitely. I'm going to go next if everybody's okay with that. Um, just because you're talking about uh, you know kind of the mental thing, I've told you a bit about. Everybody knows, but I'll kind of reiterate. Uh, I have endometriosis. I've had my right fallopian tube surgically removed because it was full of chocolate-like fluid. Um, I have done a ton of fer- fer- uh, fertility stuff, didn't work. So we've stopped trying because mentally I probably wouldn't have survived any more of it. I go through periods that are so bad that at the point I cap to sit in front of the toilet because I feel like I'm going to throw up. Um, it feels like at some point someone Someone described it some time about someone with net kn- with knives like dah, 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 inside of your body trying to get out. That's what it feels like. They are you. They you are usually twenty every twenty eight days. They usually last between four and six days. The, the heaviest is the first three days. So, and I have tried osteopath, naturopath, uh, the fertility stuff. I've been to Chinese doctors. I've eaten all warm foods for a long time because uh, they, people were, the Chinese doctors were saying my digestive system isn't uh, proper producing properly. So just eat all warm foods, which I did for a while. Um, I feel like I've done a lot. There is some new stuff in here, which I uh, really I'm going to get into a bit more. I've never tried CBD. I know you only had a little bit, but I figure I might try that. Um, But in any case, over all of that, uh, I'm a little bit, I'm not as strict anymore because at some point when you're like just constantly thinking about it and doing it, you just have to, have to like just stop and, and be a, a human being. Um, yeah. but I just think mentally, I just, it's so hard. Like I might get emotional because I just, mm. every month I, I worry about it. Um, when I go to work, <clears throat> it's like, am like, do I have to work that day? Should I take that day off? I, it's emotional and it's overwhelming. And when you, you know, it's coming, you're worried. So I spend like two weeks of my life just totally, yay, everything's great and wonderful and I can handle this and I'm totally fine. And then the other two weeks I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. Okay, you can get like, we can do hard things. We always say, I was like, you can get through this. You can get through this. So I just think, you know, with your MS and- you've dealt with a lot of this. Like how do you process this mentally when you just feel like you can't fix it? Like you're just going to have to deal with it.
1: Well, this is like one of my favorite topics because I think that especially when you're trying to get pregnant or you're dealing with something like that's chronic, it can really become part of your identity. Like I know this firsthand, like even though I'm in kind of permanent remission, I'm always afraid I'm going to do something that's going to make me have even a small flare-up because even though I can, I can still have flare-ups, and, and weird things happen to me. You know, it's like, they'll be like, I don't know why you can't exercise anymore without passing out. Like just crazy things happen. So I always feel like I'm kind of walking on edge chills. And And, um, and I really started doing Joe Dispenza's work in the, le- I talk about it in the book a little bit. He wrote a book called breaking the habit of being yourself. And Love Joe Dispenza. I can't more highly recommend it for you. I'll just tell you in that for the listeners too. So I think he's, he's brilliant. I don't think he's a little bit like for your average person, he's not a great teacher, and I worship him. So this is not a disparaging remark. So often people will come and be like, oh, I read the book, but I didn't like put all the pieces together for me. And so I'm going to put the pieces together because I think it's it's been really invaluable for me what Joe talks about is that like how we got to this point in our lives was by survival, right? Everything has happened to every single person on this call. that has been bad and screwed up their life and hurt them personally and emotionally and socially and spiritually and all those things. And we've just survived and that's normal. And I mean, he was like, but through that process, we got addicted to certain emotional states that could be fear. That could be worry. That could be anger. Like, you know, the person who's addicted to anger, no matter what you do, they're mad. Like you bring them a chocolate cake and like i'm in a chocolate cake for you you're like man i hate chocolate cake i only like vanilla you're like <laughs> you I, I a cake. You <laughs> right exactly because each emotion has a specific neurochemical signature that is a stimulant so every time you get angry you get a very specific dump of chemicals and over time if you do that over and over you become addicted to that and so your subconscious if you don't get angry for a while like i need a dump i'm gonna poke the bear so that you pull in front of somebody or piss somebody off or do something that triggers somebody to piss you off so that you can get the dump. And he's like, and that's just the cycle. So if you are a person who's full of fear, every time you're not afraid, when you're afraid, you get adrenaline, which is like crack cocaine, right? So every time you're like, oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills? Or how am I going to do this? Or how am I going to do this? Or um, you get some adrenaline. And when you're not afraid, your subconscious triggers you to do something that will make you afraid, like not, you know, take too much risk or do whatever. And so he's like, what would life be like? If you actually invented what life you wanted to live and you addicted yourselves to the chemicals that you would like to be addicted to, like dopamine, right? And to the emotions that you would like to be addicted to. It's not the fix. Like if you're mad, you don't have to addict yourself to being happy or joyful. It's really, it's not one-to-one. It's like, if I was in pure creation, what do I want to be addicted to? What state do I want to be addicted to? And then he uses hypnosis and meditation, um, guided meditation. You, you identify what your thing is and then you're like, okay, so it's like you have a habit of being sick, right? And with that sickness, probably I'm just making this up, is like fear, frustration, resentment, disappointment, like sure. a whole yes. host of, of things. All of those things, yes. All of those things, right? And and there's good reason for them, right? There's It's not like you're that's bad that you got those but is that how you want to move forward starting today so then you're like well what if I invented a life in which actually somehow like my endometriosis just spontaneously went away and it seems fantastical right like just over three months it just started getting better and better like I did all the things that I was supposed to do because it doesn't happen in a vacuum right Mm -hmm. I started doubling down on like anti-inflammatory diet and we can about some other specifics but then in the meditation you imagine like what would like really imagine what your day or your period would be like, like really have a somatic experience about what would it be like if you didn't have PMS and you, when your period came, the blood just came out and you're like, it's so beautiful. And then he seals the deal. This is in, in a meta, like a hypnotic state. Cause he puts you in like a self-hypnosis. Phase. And then he's like, now, if that was your life, what would you feel when you experienced that period? What emotions would come up for you? And then in the meditation, he holds you there for a long time. He's like, stay in the feeling. Imagine you're having your period and there's no pain. And you're like, wow, this is like fucking cool. Like, I can't believe, like, gratitude. It could be whatever feelings you feel like joy, disbelief, like limitlessness, like whatever. And so that's sort of like the overview, if you can think about it. So as you listen to his book or any of his videos, you can see, like, okay, this is cause he kind of, he's kind of like me, he's like a long talker. He, he never sort of solidifies it in a way that you can like really apply it. And so I'll share with you mine because, um, I think that it like, I, I think a concrete example is always really useful for people. And so like I've been building what I've been building at brazen and conceivable for like the last five years and really struggled, like really, um, people didn't understand it. People were like, your period doesn't have anything to do with it it's normal to suffer with your period um, you're wrong you're not a doctor you don't know what you're talking it's just you know just uh, right yeah. and I started saying I've got a stick in my spoke I just got a stick in my spoke usually everything mm-hmm. just goes my way I got a stick in my spoke I don't know like I'm right there I can help so many millions of people and I just like I can't get the stick out of my spoke I got completely addicted to stuck so in my meditation what I do is I'm like all right, my state is like, imagine what would happen. Like, this is what my life looks like. I have all these addictions, like fear, uh, uh, ambition is actually one of my ambitions. Like, cause I take on too much stuff and then I can't do anything. Well, um, greed, disappointment. Right. I imagine I'm sitting there and they're like barnacles on me. And then I just like, when I wake up in the morning, I imagine like, cause he takes you into this field, this energy field, sorry for the long answer, but I think it's interesting. No. Great. And I'm like, my whole purpose is to make the field better right? That everything I do and say for the next 24 hours only makes all of the energy in the whole universe more beautiful, more loving, more impactful, more empowered. Right. But I can't do that with my barnacles. So I sit there and I imagine for a second, and then I just like taking a deep breath. And as I breathe out, I pop all the barnacles off. They just like pop, like they just all pop off. Like it's so easy. Like everything was so stuck and I'm like wrestling it like a dirty snake. You know, they just pop off and I immediately catch on fire. Like in a good way, just when the the barnacles come off, I'm like, like full fire. And all of a sudden I can magnetize anything I want. It's just so, it's like the moths to the fire. All that I need or want is just like coming to me. And because I'm an alchemist, I take it all in and I like, I do what I want to do every day and I put it back into the field a thousandfold. And what would that feel like? That, I don't want to get up off the cushion. I get to that point. I'm like, I don't want to stop meditating before it was always like, how much longer does the meditation have to last? How much longer? I'm like, real, you know, I get to that point. I'm like, I never want to leave this place. I want to stay right here for an hour. And you just stay there and you're like, yeah. And then it, what's, that was true. What would be possible? You know? And for me, like, what would be possible is like when my daughter has a daughter that I overhear a conversation that the two granddaughters and her friends are talking to like, you know, when my mom was a teenager, um, women used to like really suffer with their periods. Like they'd throw up and pass out and kill themselves over it. And the friend says, no way, that's fake news. That would be awesome that right? was our <laughs> future, <laughs> right? That so every person you. with a period got unleashed Yeah, on society because all of you are missing out. Like you're, what you have to offer and bring into the world is compromised by your period. And I wanna see what the universe looks like When every single one of you are completely unleashed and you have all the mojo that you have already, you're already like crushing it at 50%. Most of you, what happens when the other 50% gets unleashed on like the whole universe and on society. And, and so it's like, so I'm addicting myself to that universe and what that would feel like. And I'm not kidding you. Shit starts changing so fast because either you can, you can, you can orient your life to worrying about either what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future, or you can orient yourself to just like live in this fantasy world that you're in creating and that you're training every cell in your body to respond to.
2: I love that you're a Joe Dispenza fan.
1: Well, I think, you know, what I, what I really care about is like, how do we put tools into people's hands on every single person on the planet? How do we get the tools and the mind stuff is free. It's yeah. free. Like we, we operate as a disenfranchised class right? That we are powerless. But actually, if we can harness this, we don't need to even worry about what the men are doing or doing to us. Like, it won't matter. That's just like not even like I'm busting off my barnacles right now. So actually, don't give a shit what you do. Book Interrupted.
0: This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com
1: yeah how are you i'm really well thank you thanks um, for your understanding last time
0: are you okay uh, were you heard i just after yeah
1: okay totally fine just some dents in the car otherwise completely fine dents in the car i mean not great dents in the car but way better but, than what yeah it be. way better <laughs> not so bad yeah <laughs> book interrupted have you done the food sensitive testing?
2: Me? Uh, I have not, yes, but you. I know that dairy, I don't eat dairy because it makes me sick. My stomach's sick. Um, but I've not done any it food It would be worth doing. Yeah. Worth I think doing. it's worth
1: doing. Um, I don't know if you can get the Everly Well test in Canada. For my MS, like stopping eating, for me, it was corn. Like I'm so mm. sensitive to corn that like three months of not eating corn in my ability to walk improved by 50%. Wow, okay. So, because because endometriosis is an autoimmune disease. Yeah. And so if you're eating food that you're sensitive to, if you're eating corn and you're producing an immunologic response, so the food sensitivity, not the allergy test, the sensitivity measures antibodies, which means did you have an immunologic response to it? Not an allergy, it's very different. So if you're eating kale and you're having an immunologic response to it, every time you do that, you are triggering your endometriosis to attack you. So you want to find out what those are and get them out, at least for a period of time. Like, like I eat corn now. It's not that good for you. And it really makes me gain weight. But, um, but I live in Texas and just Mexican food's too good. But, um, but at least (laughs) I know, right. Then I'm not a victim. A lot of people with endometriosis do much better with less strenuous exercise. It's an inflammatory process. And so when you're exercising really hard, you produce a lot of chemicals that are like have a, an inflammatory type nature doing more like gentle yoga, restorative yoga, pool things, heat clearing things can be really beneficial too. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do, I do yoga. Um, but I also,
2: I work as a server. So I, um, well, not right now, but I'm on my feet running all the time and I bike to and from work. So maybe that's a little excessive, but perfect. So I'll, I'll try to kind of be calm. Probably not. I
1: mean, I'm talking like CrossFit.
2: You know? Yeah, no, I don't do mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff, but... Of Meredith who has Yeah, Meredith,
0: you have a good question. Yeah. Do you want to? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, in your book, uh, you're talking, you shed light on uh, the human rights issues surrounding periods, lack of education, lack of access to menstrual products. And I was wondering, is there any organization or charity that you recommend that's currently addressing these human rights uh,
1: violations and making a difference and maybe something, a way that our listeners and we can get involved? So we partner with period org here in the us we haven't partnered with a global organization yet but actually what we're going to start doing is um because i work with so many young girls on tiktok who tell me they don't have menstrual supplies in fact one told me she says you know my family's really poor and so what i do is i go to school and i look in the box in the bathroom and i find the used ones that aren't too used
2: oh
1: and she's like can i get an infection from that oh my gosh And I was like, you know, they're, they're young. So I'm like, my inclination is like, send me your address. I will send you a lifetime of supplies. you like, so you never have to do that. But then I don't, I always tell them, don't ever give your address to anybody. Like it's not safe for you. I started doing some research on menstrual cups because I think a lot of these organizations are providing pads, but it's not sustainable. It's not good for the environment. I'm really interested. I think I'm going to start my own foundation. that will just be like a gifting program through Brazen. A menstrual cup in the U S costs $30. And I found menstrual cups for 30 cents on Alibaba. And I was really furious with that because I thought, you know, we've been getting raped by men since the beginning of time. We actually don't need to get raped by women around our menstrual supplies. That is a ridiculous markup for something that's really a necessity and and cost prohibitive. So what we're going to do is like when people check out at Brazen, we'll ask, do you want to donate like you know, one to $5, um, $5 allows us to give 25 cups away to someone. So we're only going to do cups because that way we can, and we'll match it that way. You you know, it's like, it's like sort of teaching someone to fish, you know, or giving them um, the, the food. If we give them cups, they're good for about 10 years. Right. And, um, and because we can acquire them so cost effectively. And what you see like in the marketplace and what you see on the, they're there. They're ex- Cause you're like, well, those are probably shitty if they're from Alibaba. I'm like, they're just a hundred percent silicone menstrual cups. There's nothing sexy or special about a $30 cup. So I'm going to really end that conversation. But for now, period org is, I don't know if there's one in Canada, um, there's a lot of smaller ones, probably if you look on Instagram for your own country and say like, uh, you know, menstrual equity, I'm sure you can find there's like even local ones um, in Texas too. Great. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's awesome. That really made me think about the cups though, because you're right.
0: When I think about um, when people donate or give, it is like, even
1: when I've worked at um, food banks and stuff like that, it's all yeah, if they just yeah, and a homeless a person needs more like you know maybe they can find a pad this month and if you have one pair of jeans a cup in their back <laughs> or even um, two you know right. i think if they have some- to right yeah. like i mean right yeah, yeah and it right. could be cheaper than one month's worth of pads right if you can get I a mean, good price 90 cheaper than one month's of pads mm-hmm. you know and that's not even like when we're buying them at the hundred thousand we can probably get them even cheaper my goal is to make sure that and we have to we have to destigmatize, um like Using an internal product, touching yourself, you know, because like people say, well, in certain cultures, that's not appropriate. And we just need to, we need to be unstoppable about just ending that conversation and transforming it and and using education to teach people in all cultures that like, it's perfectly okay for you to touch yourself and to, you know, Mm -hmm. if you come onto my TikTok, I do a live show every day for my girls. And there's often like a thousand girls on the call. And they ask questions like, I want to use tampons, but I don't know what hole to put it in. And and we have very straight conversation. They're like, it's amazing. There's three holes, pee hole, poop hole. There's a whole other hole. That's the opening to the vagina. Get a mirror, yeah. open that stuff up, look in there, put some olive oil on your clean finger and put your finger in there. Check out where you're going to stick that tampon first. Don't let anything go in there before you do. Good
3: for you. I love
0: it. I love
1: it. Yeah, Way to normalize
3: it. Yeah.
0: You know, and then be, if it's a matter of fact, like people want to know about their bodies. We talk about the digestive system and the heart
1: and all these things so much. Uh, why aren't we talking about the reproductive system? Well, I just think that it's funny that every dude has like a shit stain in his underwear and no <laughs> one's having a heart attack about that. And a drop of menstrual blood gets anywhere. <laughs> and everyone is like, it's like, the Ebola. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but the skin <laughs> marks. Okay.
1: We don't have like deodorized underwear for men and their shit stains.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, like a little clean patch or they don't, like a, <laughs> men
1: don't have to go to like the sanitary state area, right? The under poo pants. For their poop pants, <laughs> exactly.
2: Um, we did work some, on that too. Some period, <laughs> yeah. uh, we made inspired by your book. We uh did some period poems and period raps, so we're gonna put them on. Uh, and Sarah's doing a period dance. We all did something artistic inspired by your book, wow. so we're gonna put them on YouTube so you can. You can listen to them and see what, what you inspired. And you also inspired Sarah to talk to her daughter about her, her period. So my daughter's eight.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, I was just waiting, like as I was reading the book, I'm like, I just, I had that fear, right? Like I don't want to ruin her childhood or whatever, but then I, it just came up because she was talking about, she knows about like how babies are about babies, right. And the baby hole and stuff. And then I just kind of let it there and it was fine. It was just very matter of fact. And she was she's like, oh, yeah, I asked someone else about that. And they're like, you'll find out when you're older. And I was like, oh, and she didn't ask me because she asked someone else. Right. Someone she felt like it was more like her peer. Anyway, so, yeah, I had the conversation. It went really, really well. And I was. Yeah, it was good. And your book inspired that.
1: So. Thank you. Um... That makes me so happy. Well, you should show her my TikTok feed. It's all like period tips and information for like mostly, um, you know, younger girls like, but it's mostly funny. So the, just the period expert is my title on TikTok expert I'm gonna and then she can come in also and ask questions, or y'all could watch the live together and just hear the other because also I think it's a way to normalize like a lot of the girls are like is it normal to want my first period is it normal to be scared about my first period what's gonna happen is the blood gonna spray out these are all the things that happen every day at four central um weekdays and and I like so many people will girls will say like I was so scared to get my period but now I feel like really armed with the tools I made my period pack um, cause girls can get their periods at nine. And how do we help? Cause like, they're like, how do I tell my mom? I'm like, first of all, you roll in with an attitude. Like, guess what? I just became a superhuman. Okay. Because I can make humans now. So first I want to plan a party today. And second, I need some supplies. I was like, don't be weird about it. If you're weird about it, they're going to be weird about it. Be proud. You, you can make humans. That's like so amazing. It's the most yeah, that's amazing a, thing that that's yeah. humans yeah. can yeah. do is make another human.
0: That was another Mm -hmm. thing that my daughter was excited about. And boobs. She's like, then I'll get boobs too, right? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, okay. And I can make babies. I was like, yeah. No, she's like, okay. Oh my God.
4: I remember that when I was uh, a kid, I was like, I can't wait to get boobs.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I was so disappointed. I I even did. I think there were like old wives
3: tales about things that you could say while rubbing
2: your breast,
4: And then I was so disappointed that, it didn't don't,
0: work my god, i hated it, it getting just, boobs. it just stopped I it oh, i hated a. it
2: oh. mine got so big i must I like no oh. i must
0: yes <laughs> that's what it was yeah i must, must increase my bust. Yeah. people did that i'm like i don't want a bust. that was from that a book i think wasn't it, it
2: wasn't where did it, that you go from uh, yeah uh, hot, hello it? god yeah. it's me
0: margaret was that it yeah i think yeah. it was yeah I was a late bloomer though. I didn't get my period till I was 14 and didn't get breasts. Same. Like I just wanted them. I had a bra, but no boobs. I just want, I was the only one that changed change. Like, i like, like half of a bra. And I was like, why? I was like, all the other girls have them. I'm the only one. And she's like, oh. I don't know if we can find, we'll find something <laughs> that'll work. You literally have nothing. And I was like, oh. please. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was totally the opposite because they all know that I had yeah. uh, breast reduction when I was 21. My boobs grew. My grandmother had huge, like everybody and they were so big and I had like cuts on my shoulders and I'm like Aww. trying to cover it up and I hated it so much. And Aww. oh, so totally the opposite.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I, I love y'all's stories. If you have any puberty stories, any other puberty stories, I'm actually writing a graphic novel right now about, um, about a girl through puberty named Kiki. And, oh, um, cute. and, It like because all the puberty books are basically like recipe books, like this is your blood and this is your vagina, and here, you know. And so I wanted to it's like not a now that I know these girls, it's like not appropriate. Like, so I'm gonna write a I'm writing a graphic novel, and she goes through puberty and like learns about all these things through her story, you know, as opposed to like, you know, this is this and this. And then in the second book, she's kind of a tomboy like me. And so She's kind of the girl that all the guys really like, not because they want to get with her, but because she's just like a really cool girl. And somebody said like, oh, so-and-so is such a bitch. And she's going to be like, well, maybe she's getting her period. And they're like, her what? And then the second book is her schooling all the boys about women's bodies, getting with girls and periods. So if you have any like anecdotes about your own, like for me, I literally, I was a tomboy and um, my sisters, I had four sisters. They were always saying like, oh, you've got little mosquito bites. And I literally thought they really were mosquito bites. So I was constantly spraying myself down with bug spray because I was like, I didn't oh, want any mosquito oh, bites. Oh. But anyways, I'm looking for those kind of sort of s- stories and anecdotes. If you guys have any, would they be willing to share just for Kiki is going to go through all those things and we can kind of tell the story that way.
2: Well, if any listeners mm-hmm. have any and you want to share them with Kirsten, yeah. you can put them on our Facebook. Yes. We have a Facebook group, Facebook page,
0: send them. We have an email. Yeah, connect think- at bookinterrupted.com. And there we'll send we
1: them. Hmm. Thank and I then how it. would you
2: like people to connect with you, Kirsten?
1: Um, if they go to the Brazen website, just www.foreverbrazen.com, there's a chat bot on it. It goes to my cell phone. Perfect. So you oh, can That's how I I
2: sent you. I didn't think it was going to you. I thought I was just talking to some random person in the company and then you wrote back. I'm
1: like, "Oh my gosh. All right, great." <laughs> it's me because, you know, we're building, you know, we're building the first period tracker that can fix periods. And um and I need to have a lot of conversations about all of this with as many people as possible. Um, it's a real learning opportunity. And we, we did just launch uh, like a period, I mean, something from my first company is, sorry, I know we're kind of out of time, but um, we launched a new tool for fertility that we we used at Conceivable a little bit more modifying it. So people who are trying to get pregnant, they go to conceivable.com, it's just part of the brazen, but just different website. Um, we developed a tool that like looks at every single factor Um, around your health, around your cycle, around your period, around your temperatures, around your habits, mindset, everything, and it scores it on a one to a hundred. And then, then you get a customized report about how to raise your score. So we found that in the pilot on a scale of one to a hundred, the women who 105 women were infertile, their starting score was 33 but when we use the program to work the program customized to their needs, we were, when we got their scores above 60, they increase the likelihood of conception by more than 200%. So right wow. now, as we're practicing building it, because we're going to use it for what we're going to use for Brazen 2, um, you can go on, you, can, you fill out an assessment, it gets scored. I email the score, and then I go through and personally go through each question on video and tell you what to do to fix it.
0: Wow, that's great. Wow. Oh, 59 my bucks. gosh. Wow. So, and anybody that's in the world wonderful. can use that. Wonderful. And we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Can yeah. yeah. Kirsten, thank you for thank you doing so the much. work that you do and for joining us today. And your book. Thank you for your book. Thank I love you. your book.
2: We're yeah. all sending it to all of our friends. And um, yeah. thank you for getting the word and talking about it and normalizing it. Like we talk all the time now about what's uh, common, but not what's the common, but not normal. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah. yeah. And we I use do. that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so common, just really useful and uh and it should be something we can talk about as you said we should all be able to talk about this it's just our bodies and something normal so thank you for doing that we really appreciate mm-hmm. it yeah
1: you guys are thank so you, lovely man. i want to be best friends with you guys ah, okay
4: we accept We
1: accept, I <laughs> accept. come on again Walk if you in want. Before she changes her
0: mind. Yeah. Come want anytime <laughs> you want <laughs> thank you for joining us on this episode of book interrupted If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe, and you'll be notified
1: when there's new content. Book interrupted.